just think we were prepared. You know, one thing my uh, my trainer, he told me, he said, what did he say? He just told us to be prepared. It's always doubt with us every year. It's like, oh, well, the Saints can't do this because something or, you know, Drew's gone and it. I, I don't, I'm the wrong person to ask because I don't care. And I'm coming in every year thinking we're going to beat the shit. What up? Welcome back to Black and Gold BS, the irreverent Saints podcast from Bucher Media, uh, presented by I don't know because I keep forgetting to ask Justin. I'm Jacob Krasno alongside my trusty co hosts, Allison Pratt and Sean Haspel. Um, you know, I guess it doesn't really matter who the sponsor is because we're too critical of the Saints to be uh, promoted by Bucher, apparently. So. We've gone rogue. We're the rogue podcast from Boot Crew Media. Bunch of rapscallions <laughs> who went to Newman and have college degrees and postgraduate degrees and are successful professionals in their fields. Sounds like sounds like the uh, other Boot Crew podcasts are just afraid to call it like call it like they see it and speak truth to power, but not here on Black and Gold BS the irreverent and honest saints podcast by boot crew media if i'm being honest right now sean i would say that uh i can't tell if it's you or andy dalton i'm looking at with your uh your full red beard your ginger beard it's quite nice it's very full right now thank you yeah i mean i guess both of us are badass winners this week at least so really hard to tell (laughs) Who's yeah, we actually won. The Saints won. We beat the Raiders twenty-four to nothing in a, a game that, like, kind of felt like a throwback to twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen when the other team was just never in it, and it was almost boring because we won every single play. Uh, Alvin Kamara took over the game. We looked. I don't know if I would say we looked explosive on offense, but we just methodically defeated them death by a thousand cuts, moving the ball down the field seven to 15 yards at a time. Um, and it was pretty nice. Uh, dare I say the season, is it back from the dead? Are we alive? Is DA fired? Let's start with that. Our patented He's, weekly segment. Is so warm. But our season's not dead. That's yeah. for sure. Season is not dead, and DA is not fired. Um, for a couple of reasons on both fronts. Uh, DA, you got to tip your cap to him. He made the right call by sticking with Andy Dalton um, in the face of a lot of criticism and scrutiny just because the optics were not great after Dalton's really ugly interceptions against the Cardinals. And then like we talked about last week, those really uh, out of touch or aloof, whatever you want to describe them as halftime comments um, by DA saying that Andy just needed to keep on doing what he was doing, but um, he made the right call and stuck with him. And whether that's because they believe in Andy or really don't believe in Jameis, the end result was the same, and uh, Andy Dalton got the start and played pretty damn well. Um, no turnovers this week. He 
had a pretty risky throw that was almost picked off, but the DB couldn't haul it down with both feet in bounds. So no harm, no foul in the end. And, you know what? Uh, We've had a lot of bad luck this year, so I'm willing to just take that. Just right. forget it happened. He played a perfect game. Yeah. And it's, a, it's a wonder. If you don't turn the ball over and you get a turnover or two, look what happens. You win. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was that. And then like more also, more like more over to Andy Dalton's credit. He didn't get sacked once. He only got pressured twice. So credit to him for identifying pressures, getting the ball out quickly to your playmakers. Um, notably Alvin Kamara, which is one of the biggest reasons why I think he was named the starter and has been successful and moving the ball in his starts is that he's been targeting and delivering the ball successfully to Alvin, which is something for whatever reason, Jameis last year and this year had not been able to do. And like, especially with Mike Thomas being out, I mean, that's like a whole nother thing, but um, Alvin's definitely. <laughs> Lost my headphones just there. his headphones out. I was so passionate about Alvin Kamara and Andy Dalton's efficient playmaking that I ripped my own headphones out in excitement. But, um, yeah, uh, he was able to get the ball to Alvin, and um, we saw what Alvin did this week. Three touchdowns, uh, like well over 100 yards combined, uh, rushing and receiving. And, um, and yeah, that's how you got to win um, with, with your, your other playmakers out or, or banged up. So um, that's why Andy's the starter. And uh, kudos to DA for, for sticking by his guns and, and naming, him, naming him the starter once again. Allison, do you still think that's the right decision? I do. Um, and while Andy deserves all the credit because he's the starting quarterback, I also want to give a little credit to Jameis for like still being like a leader in the locker room and someone that the guys look to despite what's clearly like a, a not great situation for him and not the outcome that he wanted, I'm sure. Um, I feel like he still has the right attitude and whatever happens in the long run, like – I like seeing that as just like a teammate and like who was intentionally supposed to be the leader, you know, at the outset of the season. Um, and I do want to give Andy Dalton credit and just the Saints and credit in general, because, you know, we talked about this in text last night, but like people are coming for Burrow because like he looked like shit without Jamar Chase. People continue to make excuses for Aaron Rodgers because he doesn't have Devonte Adams anymore. And we'll get to Devonte Adams in the Raiders game, the Raiders Saints game in a second, but while Olave has been incredible and exceeding all of our expectations, like we still don't have Mike Thomas in there and Andy Dalton's continuing to find ways in our offense is continuing to find ways to, to deliver. Um, I think Sean, you might've shared this with us that we're a top five offense in the NFL, which is like shocking when you think about our record, but not shocking when you think about how much we have been able to move the ball, be albeit mostly in the second half in most of our games. Um, but nobody's shouting praise for that happening without our hundred million dollar man. Um, and so like, I think that deserves a ton of credit. Pete Carmichael deserves a ton of credit. And then in this game in particular, the defense deserves a ton of credit, um, particularly um, the DBs who we've been shitting on all year. <laughs> um, but also um, the entire defense played incredibly, but um, I just want to point that out because I feel like the media loves to just like, make excuses for people not having like a number one wide receiver when like we haven't really 
had one all year, even though Olave is certainly going to be a star. He's made that obvious, but he was out for a game too. Um, and we've had to make it work. Um, and so I was pleasantly surprised. Um, I'll say that. Yeah. I think the media is like, they're just kind of out of touch or just don't want to like say what is actually happening in the NFL. And it's not that these quarterbacks don't have weapons. It's that they suck. It's that the quarterbacks suck. This is like the players not playing well. Yeah. This is like, I don't think you can say that they suck. (laughs) I mean, Russell Wilson is dog shit. Well, yes, he sucks, but that's not what I was talking about. Yeah. Well, like Rogers is, I don't think he's been that good for a couple of years. Like he hasn't looked great for a while. And he's, Brady, been, he's won back-to-back MVPs last two years. Yeah, but that doesn't mean he's actually good. It just means that yeah. like every national <laughs> beat reporter wants to make out with him. That well, that be. is true that they do want to make out with him, but not this year. My point is that the quarterback play this year is not good. There's like three really elite quarterbacks, and everyone else is just kind of like okay. Like we've entered like a time machine and gone back to like 1995 when there was like four or five good quarterbacks and like, that's it. Yeah. Everyone else. Well, and you're, and you're seeing is it just Billy just Joe in the parody in the NFL in general. Yeah. Right. Like, like when you have elite quarterback play, then those teams just rise above the rest. And to your point, there's not a ton of it. And as a result, like I feel like eight and nine, nine and eight is going to make the playoffs um, in the NFC. Anyway, it will in our division. Um, well, yeah, but getting back to the saints, um, I, I wonder if we're starting to see like those early season adjustments that we would see from the Peyton teams after we'd go like, Oh, and two or one and two or whatever. I wonder if we're seeing the same thing, but just later in the year, because Dennis Allen just isn't Peyton and he's not the same type of genius. Um, I mean, that's what we want, right? We want that to be, we want this to be like a permanent shift in, in culture and in consistency. And Alvin Kamara had like the quote of the year after the game. Um, I need to cut it up and make it part of our intro that, you know, swag ain't shit if it's not consistent. So like, if we want to have a chance to win the division, then we have to play like this every week or more weeks than not, you know, because in those seven and nine years under Peyton, there were games, there, there were weeks where we blew people out of the water. We just didn't play like that every week. So that's the question is, can we sustain this level of play for enough games just to like not drown in, in a division that has like a cinder block tied to its ankle and has been thrown into the river? Yeah, I mean that's that's the big question that we'll we'll just have to find out. You know, I mean, I think the biggest difference of from this week to uh, any week we've had, honestly, like almost going back since, since like week one last year when we blew out the Packers, is like played fully complementary football. All phases were were firing. The offense um, dominated time of possession, moved the chains didn't have three and outs to put the defense in the bad, bad position, didn't have turnovers to put the defense in the bad position. Penalties weren't really a factor. Um, they, they converted in the red zone for the most part. And uh, 
and built a lead, which allowed the defense um, to key in on the Raiders uh, passing game because they were th- playing from behind uh, neutralized Josh Jacobs, who had been absolutely on fire averaging 5.7 yards a carry at this point to the point in the season Raiders running game averaged 2.9 yards a carry. And uh, our D line was able to get after them. So, um, and then special teams played well, pretty well too um, outside of Will Lutz's miss, which is definitely a little concerning. Um, Lutz still hasn't gotten back to his elite, elite form just yet, but um, if the Saints continue to play complimentary football, I mean, they're not going to win by four possessions every week, but um, in a div- like you said, Jacob, in a division like ours, like the bar is pretty low, and we're still missing a ton of guys, like key guys, who by a lot of reports should be back in the next few weeks. So, um, I mean, do I think this team is a title contender? No. Um, how bad the NFC is, like really top to bottom, um, I mean, it's you can't rule it out necessarily. Who knows? Like maybe we do go on a run, but um, I mean, <laughs> if you saw how the rest of our division played this week and has played this season up until this point, um, I anyone who says we can't win the division title is like just being obtuse, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. The division sucks. It's there for the taking. Yeah. Like Carolina probably – is was the hottest team in the division uh, until DJ Moore ripped his helmet off and sent the game into overtime. Yeah. Like they're kind of buried with that, with that loss yesterday and the bucks look like they may not win another game. I can't do anything. Shout out to the defense. Um, it sounds like they really kind of had <laughs> some, some, uh, <laughs> some soul searching done during the mini buy um, and really just like to a man uh, decided to play more with, uh, with fire and energy and passion. And like, it's, it's crazy that like things like that um, can like really make a difference on the defensive side of the ball. Like even more so in offense, just like playing hard and fast and physical, like they sound like very abstract concepts, but it's like a real thing. And that's what the defense did this week. And you had a rookie cornerback in his second start matched up against Devonte Adams. And he absolutely more than held his own. So, um, and like Paulson Adebo has obviously been inconsistent this, this season, but he played pretty well himself. Defense like missed tackles had been just the, like probably the worst problem facing this defense this season. And they really didn't miss too many tackles outside of, I think, Josh Jacobs had like one 16 yard run that had a few dime missed tackles um, on it, but uh, he was held well under his, his yardage totals and averages for the, for the year. So, um, and they didn't even cross midfield until there was three minutes left. Yes. It was a performance reminiscent of the, uh, sorry, Jacob, the LSU uh, Bama uh, national championship game from uh, about 10 years ago. So yeah, yeah, that a was like a game I have never a game I attended, but have never seen highlights of. Never seen them. And there weren't. Yeah, there weren't too many highlights of that one. But also, just, yeah, I have I have never to this day seen a replay of the Beast Quake run from the 2010 playoffs, the wild card. How game. have you avoided that? Never seen a replay of it. It's pretty <laughs> incredible. Why? Why would I watch that? Why would I suggest? Well, no, I just. I mean, we've played the Seahawks in the last ten years, and I feel like they show it every time we play them. 
So I'm just, I'm not mad. I'm impressed. I'm not. You ate the entire wheel of <laughs> like, cheese? What? You ate the entire wheel of cheese? <laughs> you pooped in the fridge? Baxter, you know I don't speak Spanish. Um, yeah, I will just like shield my eyes and be like, ah, and like plug my ears because I don't want to subject myself to that. You know? It's like fair. watching footage of a car crash or something. Um, anyway, uh, I think my favorite play of the year was uh, Davenport just absolutely eating Devontae Adams' lunch. Picking him up like a small child? That was that was like the game personified in one play. Yeah. Like, we made Adams our, look like a fool. Our D-line, our D-line played amazing. Um, shout out to Peyton Turner, who like just played like a monster after much deserved criticism. Um, of Honestly, more often than not, the last two, two seasons to this point, um, he's either been hurt or ineffective when he's played or been a healthy scratch. And... Um, yeah, just uh, has had a rough career for sure. And if you like go back and look at the DNs that were like, went on the run of DNs drafted right after him um, at the back end of that first round last year, like they've all had more success than he has had to this point. So um, some pretty frustrating moments so far, but it was his breakout party and hopefully he can bottle that up and um, turn in more consistent, uh, successful performances like that. David on Yamada, has been bad <laughs> ever since he got popped for steroids, but um, uh, he he played great as well. Had a sack, um, and uh, yeah, Davenport didn't have a sack, but some some great pressures and some run stuffs as well. Cam Jordan uh, too, and uh, yeah, hopefully we get that kind of performance from the um, defensive line the rest of the season going forward. And this Raider, like the Raiders, aren't like a good team. They they were like what two and four going into this two game. And four, yeah, okay, they had yeah. a bye already, right. But their offense had been, yeah had been on fire. Like I said, like Josh Jacobs had been one of the best running backs in the NFL this season, and their offense. I think the three games going into their matchup against us had been averaging thirty three points a game, and they've to, also I believe only lost every game by like, like a possession right. that they have lost. Like they've been in every game, and granted, some of those they blew on epic proportions. Like right, they had one of the right. worst losses of the year against the Cardinals. Yeah, that's what Hunter I meant. I mean, Renfro, like they ended up losing that by one possession, yeah. but they were up like 24 to zero. Yeah, yeah. Renfro fumbled on consecutive plays and right. then got concussed, which is, it's oh, got God. like, it could only have been worse if he like doo-dooed his like silver game pants or something <laughs> on TV. Like, that's brutal. Oh yeah, I remember there was like the strip six in overtime, like to walk yeah. it off. Yeah, that was bad. It was pretty bad. Yeah. Um, um, but, uh, but yeah, that was a great offense, uh, or at least a very solid offense that um, our defense stepped up and absolutely shut down despite like missing arguably their best player in Marshall and Lattimore. So, um, yeah, got to tip your cap to the defense. Uh, the Raiders' defense is not good. Um, they're one of like the uh, worst defense in the NFL when it comes to scoring defense. So maybe like we should caveat our excitement and optimism about our offense. Um, with that, and hopefully they'll be able to continue their strong play against some stronger defenses. But you also have to add in the qualifier that we were missing some of our key players as well. So on the offensive side of the ball, um, and uh, I think Jeff Duncan reported today or maybe yesterday that there's some optimism um, for whatever that's worth that uh, Jarvis and Adam Troutman might be back this week. So um, no Mike Thomas maybe yet, but those still would be 
two very big pieces, um, especially as our offense like continues to lean into like ball control, being efficient, moving the chains with short, quick, precise passes and a dominant running game, which uh, Troutman would help out with. So, um, yeah, it's okay. Uh, so I want to talk about Michael Thomas. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Like I, I mean, before, so today we're recording this on, on Tuesday, November 1st, which is coincidentally the Saints birthday. It's All Saints Day. Saints turned 56 today. It's uh, if they were a person, they would be wearing like white New Balances and just now discovering what the dab is. Um, but like, it's also the NFL trade deadline. And I was kind of convinced in my tinfoil hat way of thinking that Thomas has actually been healthy for a while and we were just keeping him off the field because it like turf toe sucks. I've had it. It's very painful, but it's been like seven weeks and that's a long time to be out with that injury. And it made me wonder like, what is going on? Like, why can they not get this fucking toe to heal? And Dennis Allen is giving us these weird sound bites about how there's no timetable for his return. And I don't know. Something, something is up. I feel like something is up. And what do you guys it's, think? Do you guys Am not crazy? remember la- uh, literally a year ago? Exactly. Exactly a year ago. He tweeted out like at the trade deadline that he wouldn't play the rest of the year. Do you guys remember that? I didn't Last remember the timing, hurt. but I remember when it, he, that. like, yeah. we were, like, being all weird, like, not not dissimilar to what Jacob's saying. And then, like, the day after, I just remember this vividly because I was, like, traveling to, and I got the notification on my phone, like, at the airport that was, like, he announced himself that, like, he wouldn't be coming back this year at all. Yeah. And yeah. It's just, like, it's, something has been up with him this whole time. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no doubt that like the relationship between him and the team in the last like year plus definitely like bottomed out. But I think, I mean, if you guys remember the reporting that like DA flew out and spent a few days in LA with Mike Thomas this summer to like repair the relationship, and like by all accounts that went well, and like Mike was like bought in training camp and stuff, and I think, I mean. I know week one, that Atlanta game <clears throat> seems like a lifetime ago, but like he was like absolutely unstoppable that game. And like, you could tell like the passion um, he was playing with. And like, um, I don't know, like, I don't know if you guys saw uh, the highlights or like the, um, the clips that went around of like Mike Thomas on the sidelines today or um, on Sunday, like extremely intensely celebrating uh tay taylor um breaking up that like really tough pass um to Devonte adams on the sidelines um that's i think maybe it was the third quarter but like mike thomas was like so hyped and like you can tell he's like invested in the team and the game and i know like it's like the history and context of it all make it all seem so strange and ominous but i think it's just like one of those deals that his I mean, he's, he's just not healthy right now. And um, I mean, I know turf toe, like turf toe needs a rebrand as an injury. Like they need to call it like a foot ligament, like injury yeah. 
that often yeah so that's like, what it is it's a sprained yeah. ligament in your right. toe and it, I mean, it is it's pretty painful yeah like, i mean deontay sucks. hardy's out for the year with turf toe right now um so like there's like it's an injury that has like a lot of degrees um and it's clear that Mike Thomas is pretty bad and actually probably worse than they thought because they would have put on an IR if they had known it would have been this long and they didn't. And that, and there is like some, some very valid criticism of the the saints, like medical staff and like how they uh, like the prognosis they put on these injuries, because that just comes down to roster management. And because like, if we put them on IR, we can carry another active player potentially. So um and like this goes back to what we've talked about in previous episodes about like some of the small details um, of like game day management, roster management that um, might not have uh, been issues in, in the past years under Peyton have been issues uh, this season. But I, if you recall, I think like Peyton, the Peyton regime had like some difficulties with this too, where like guys would be like, oh yeah, it's like a couple week injury and then they'd be out longer. It's like, well, why didn't we just put them on IR? So um, this is like, isn't a new thing uh, It's and it's frustrating, but, and it leaves some like fans just kind of twisting in the wind, like us being like, oh, like why is this guy playing? But um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't think we've seen the last of Mike Thomas this year. So um, you got to think he'll be back in the next couple weeks and uh, you get him back, Jarvis back and, and maybe we'll finally get this offensive full strength again and uh, we'll see what they can really do. I just wish they would be honest about the injuries. Yeah. Like, does it really give the opponent that much of a tactical advantage if they know that Michael Thomas probably won't play? I mean, does it really right. matter that much? I don't know. This is maybe a bit of a stretch, but I wonder, like, as – sports gambling becomes more and more legally proliferated across the country. Like does the NFL come down harder on teams that kind of misreport injuries because it does affect that type of stuff. They've kind of already started to do that where like you can't, they made teams eliminate the, uh, the doubtful moniker. That's yeah. no longer Ingram's something listed as doubtful today. Yeah, he, <laughs> he, he's out for a couple weeks. Um, he has an MCL but injury. I feel like there's just enough information out there. Like we know that Michael Thomas, like we know when he's not practiced, like, you know, they have to release all that stuff all week Yeah, about who didn't yeah. practice and who was right. limited. So like, yeah, I think he was DNP actually like straight through the, all of last week. Um, so yeah, it's unfortunate, but like he was DMP, but they they did say I think it was maybe last Thursday that he was out, like at least in the stretching portion with the team. So he's trying to get back, and um, it's it's unfortunate just given how everything's gone the last couple of years. But um, yeah, I, I'm still like I still think he's like our kind of ace in the hole um, for down the stretch this season as we do try to make a division championship run at whatever record that would take to, to make that happen. Well, we do have a relatively easy schedule. Um, yeah. The rest of the season. There's only, I believe one team with a winning record, right? It's the Eagles and uh, the, the Ravens. The, the Ravens 49ers and the Ravens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not the hardest schedule. I think 
all of those games are games that I can see us winning uh, if we continue to play like we did Sunday. So with that, let's talk about the Ravens game. It's a Monday night game. Ravens are two and a half point favorites. So Saints are home dogs. 47 and a half point Again. over under. So I would probably take the over in this game, given the way the Saints have been playing. Um, I do think this is a very winnable game because the Ravens are really beat up. And Lamar Jackson has not looked great without his supporting cast. Um, oh, before we get too deep into this, Allison, do you want to name a player of the week? Um, well, it has to be Kamara. So the player of the week is Alvin Kamara. <laughs> Unless anyone has any objections. I could also give it to Tate Taylor. I could co- Co-players of the week. But I think it has to be Alvin Kamara because we've been talking all year about when he was going to have his breakout game and have his first touchdown. And I feel like the alignment with this and his speech after the Arizona game and like really standing up to be a leader is just like a nice way for him to earn player of the week. So that's my player of the week. Yeah. I hope we're seeing like an evolution in in – Alvin Kamara's uh, importance to the franchise and the team. Well, particularly with all the trade bullshit that was going on too, um, yeah. to then like come out and do that and then like back it up with his comments after the game um, and just come out and be like, this is where I'm playing. Like, I don't want to play anywhere else. Um, showing his leadership. I appreciate it. So he's my player of the week. Yeah. Much needed. Yeah. I mean, big leadership void, uh, losing obviously Sean Payton's voice himself, Teron Armstead. Um, on the offensive side of the ball. And then, uh, um, I mean, Malcolm Jenkins was a big loss from a leadership perspective on the defensive side. You need guys like Alvin to step up um, both on and off the field. And he did that this week. So hopefully we see more of that going forward. Yeah. Yeah. We've said it a bunch of times. The team needed a leader. And it seems like they've got one. So, yay, Alvin. All right. What do you all think about the Ravens game? Are we ready to throw out some uh, absurdly specific predictions here? Yeah. Yeah. I I hate that they're coming off the mini buy. Yeah. But I don't know yeah. how much healthier that's going to make them. Um, and they obviously, they traded for Roquan Smith, but I don't know how much he'll play. Yeah. Um, it, on Monday, um, since he just got traded there, what was that yesterday or today? I don't remember. Um, but... I see us I see us getting after Lamar in a way that's that's very exciting. Like like fumbling happening and him getting really um just like in his own head. Um and on the note of I was just like really excited about this because it should have come true when, when we played the Bengals. But I, you guys watched the whole game last night, but like McPherson was just like missing like fucking chip shots last night. So I'm going to just go on this. Of course. Like, they love to blow smoke up his ass. They have to blow smoke up Justin Tucker's ass. Like, everyone is obsessed with him. Yeah. He's going to miss multiple kicks. Wow. In this game. Calling That's going to end up – it's going to end up being the difference. Yeah, J Justin Tucker missed a chip shot kick in the 2018 game. That was 2018, mm -hmm. right? 
Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I had so. like just moved to Phoenix when that happened. Um, yeah, I our, our predictions are pretty similar, Allison. Um, and we 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 have struggled with mobile quarterbacks um, before and in recent seasons, um, even under DA's like good run as a D, uh, DC for us. Um, and Lamar Jackson is certainly the most mobile of all the mobile quarterbacks these days. Um, so he'll probably like bust a couple of big runs and, um, I think they'll score that we're not going to shut him out. Um, even yeah. though I think Gus Edwards is hurt and, uh, Rashad Bateman, um, their leading uh, receiver after like, I mean, Mark Andrews is their like leading pass catcher, but he's a tight end. Uh, he himself is like banged up. He's like barely yeah. played the last couple of weeks, much to the chagrin of my fantasy team but um, potentially to the advantage of the Saints. So uh, who knows what their passing game is going to look like, um, even if we don't have Marshawn Lattimore back. Um, really encouraging stuff from uh, our young DBs this past week, and hopefully they can carry it forward against like a what's probably an even less dynamic passing offense. But the run defense is going to be tested um, again, so um, in, a diff- in different ways than they were tested against the Raiders. So... Um, the defense, yeah, they'll, they'll need to bring it again for sure this week. But um, I think P.J. Williams potentially might be back, which I think would be huge, would allow Tyron Matthew to be more of a playmaker in the box um, and uh, hopefully get uh, go on a run of getting more turnovers. So it was really nice to see him get get a pick this past week. But and then on offense, uh, like you said, Rokon Smith um, is going to be uh, patrolling the middle next to Patrick Queen. Um I don't know how much he'll play. Uh, it's kind of hard for like a linebacker to absorb a full playbook uh, in one week. But he'll, he'll, Adam Schefter, I think, tweeted that he's expected to make his debut um, to some degree at least. So we'll see what that looks like. Um, but well, yeah, we'll we'll see how our offense progresses against a stronger defense. Um, so I'm predicting a little bit lower scoring game. Uh, I think the Saints hold on and block a Justin Tucker a long field goal attempt for a tie to hold on to a 20 to 17 lead on Monday night football in the super Dome. Nice. Yeah. I think we win. I think we win. Um, the Ravens are as much talk as there's been about Lamar Jackson being a, an MVP candidate. They've been pretty inconsistent. They've blown a lot of leads uh, beating the, Buccaneers last week was no impressive feat. The Bucks are flailing. So, and I also think there's the intangible factor of the dome on a Monday night being after a pretty, Saints win, being pretty lit. Yeah, the yeah. Saints yeah. looked good. Saturday is LSU Bama, so you're either going to have like a ton of very happy. Saints and LSU fans, or a ton of very angry Saints and LSU fans. That, that's funny you brought that up. Because Peyton, Peyton, in his time uh, in New Orleans, like pretty much every year would bring up, like when it was Saints, uh, or when the Saints played a Sunday noon game after LSU Bama, he would like always make jokes about how like everyone needs to like get back out there and like cheer for the Saints. But this is a Monday night game, so. Uh, win or lose, um, the LSU slash Saints fans will have time to, and I guess the Bama Saints fans too, will have time to nurse their uh, their hangovers and, and get back out there for uh, uh, to make the dome rowdy on a on a on a Monday night. 
So um, yeah, I think everybody drink your schedule does work in our favor. Yeah, yeah. Get some liquid IVs or an actual IV, and uh, <laughs> take some CBD oil or something, and drink some coffee. Get ready to get back at it. But yeah, I think it's going to be a really oh, rocket. That's a good idea. That's a good idea for a, a business like uh, CBD products in like the New Orleans CBD, like downtown. I don't know. <laughs> Start it. Go. All right. Do it. None of our listeners better steal that business idea or I'm going to be real mad. So mom, don't do it. Watch out for the dirty coast. They've been stealing uh, boot crew media's ideas lately. We'll get to that. But anyway, um, I think we win. I think we win. Um, I'll say 27 to 10. Uh, and we'll, we'll come back over. Oh, that's true. Yes, I take that back. <laughs> <laughs> we'll win 27 to 24. Wait, does that add up? I can't do that. Yes, it does. It does. 51. Right. I'll say 27, 24 and the saints come back from like a 14, nothing deficit early in the game. That's my oddly oh. specific prediction because after a couple of drives where the defense looks shaky in the beginning, we make some adjustments, shut down Lamar Jackson, and I think the defense scores a touchdown in this one. Pete Warner. I think Pete Warner is going to get a defensive touchdown. He's been kind of like the best player, most consistent defensive yeah. player all year. He's He probably deserves to be an All-Pro. I don't know if he'll be one, but he's been playing that well, and I think he'll he's finally really get well. to make – a big play on a national stage. Um, and I like as dangerous as Lamar Jackson is, it, it is it, like we keep saying injuries are real and Gus Edwards is hurt. JK Dobbins is probably out for the rest of the year. All the passing game weapons are injured. Devin Duvernay of, of Sean's beloved Texas Longhorns. He doesn't as explosive as he is. I don't think he's going to like torch our defensive backs. No. Especially if we get some people back. So, yeah, I think we fall down early and then we come back and win. And we have yeah. the first winning streak of the season. Yeah. It's all just going to be about the offense, I think, again, um, not turning the ball over and uh, not putting the defense in like short fields. Um, I think if we do that, play complimentary football, I think we'll win this game and most games this season. I mean, it's like kind of obvious to say, but that was the formula that, that was like really the thing about this, like Raiders game. It was the exact formula that we thought the team was going to be going into the year, like efficient offense and strong defense. And we won the game and we just had a bottle. You guys think it's no coincidence that Sean Payton was in the building last week. Oh, yeah, we forgot to mention that. Yeah, I wonder how much of this is due to, you know, his reappearance. I wonder if that uh, motivated the team a little bit. We'll never know. We'll never know. We'll never know. In the words of Shaq, we may never know. Yeah. yeah, This – the kind of football we want to play on offense is – a style of football that has existed since the beginning of the game itself and it travels and it's good in any era. And it's just 
protect the quarterback, run the football, eat the clock, play good defense. You can beat any team if you do that. It's what the Saints did in 2020, and they were really good. Um, yeah. So. Yep. Why not? Why not this year? So. Yeah. All right. Um, anything else we want to get off our chest? It's. I, I was just gonna one more thing to add. Like, if you look at the rest of the NFC South, this is like a pretty pivotal week. Um, we're all kind of bunched up. Um, I mean, the Falcons are four and four. We're three and five, along with the the Bucks. They obviously have the tiebreaker over us at the moment. And the Panthers are what two and six. So, um, with one one of their wins being over us, like we don't have to talk about that. But all four of the NFC South teams play like pretty strong competition this week. It's obviously Saints, Ravens, Chargers at Falcons, Panthers at Bengals, and Rams at Bucks. Um, and so. I think whatever, whether it's us or one of those, one of the other teams, if they can like overcome that stronger opponent, that'll go a long way into setting the pace for the rest of the NFC South race going down the stretch on this, the back half of the season. So it's a, it's a pretty pivotal, pre, pretty pivotal week. And I think the Saints, um, potentially, if, if they are the one team out of the four that wins against their strong, uh, uh, I guess I was going to say they're not all AFC for the Rams. It's Rams Bucks, but they're stronger opponent. Then um, it's a it's a big week. So hopefully the Saints can get it, can get it done. If everybody loses and we wins, and we wins, yes. If we win, we will be in sole possession of first place. Yep. Tiebreaker over the Falcons. Yep. Yeah. Could be a big week. I think LSU's got a shot. Maybe I'm jinxing it by putting it out into the universe, but. I think LSU can beat Bama. Yeah. They don't Bama's... look like the machine they have in the past. And LSU looking pretty explosive. Yeah. For sure. Sean, I'm going to throw you a curveball. I want you to ad lib a hateful ad read for Dirty Coast since they stole Justin Napoli's t shirt idea. Flock around and find out. Boot Crew Media's idea, the Dirty Coast stole it. So tell people. I mean, we love the Dirty Coast. We do. I'm wearing a shirt right now. But tell the people why they should avoid the Dirty Coast until further notice. Yeah. Dirty Coast. It's the uh, uniform for uh, NOLA-loving tourists and, and gentrifiers destroying the culture of our city and making a mockery of it. So <laughs> wear, wear Dirty Coast if you're... You're one of those assholes. Dirty yeah, coast. wear Dirty Coast if you want to buy a short-term rental in the Treme and drive up property value. We're definitely never going to get promoted by Boot Crew after this. No. <laughs> going to be thrown into the dustbin of podcast anonymity. <laughs> I think we're already there. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Deeper, deeper, though. <laughs> Yes, uh, Nader Murphy, we're coming for you. Oh God, <laughs> I'm dealing with enough anti-Semitism as it is right now. <laughs> time for the God. Hebrews, all right. <laughs> Before I get us into any more trouble, I'm Jacob Krasno for Sean Haspel and Allison Pratt. This has been Boot Crew Media, the irreverent and soon-to-be canceled Saints podcast from Boot Crew Media. Until next week. 
Who dat? Who dat? Who dat?